damn soul. Just a glass of beer. From the Sumerians of Mesopotamia to the mighty Vikings of Northern Europe, beer has flowed through the annals of human history, leaving its mark on art, literature, and even the law. But this isn't just a story about the brewing techniques or flavor profiles. It's a tale of social ritual, religious beliefs, and fascinating interplay between tradition and innovation. Picture this, the bustling streets of ancient Mesopotamia, where the Sumerians with their clay tablets and ingenious minds gave birth to a beverage that would eventually became synonymous with merriment. Or imagine the laborious process of brewing, once the realm of priestesses and homemakers evolving into a revered craft cultivated by Christian monks within peaceful confines of monasteries. But our journey doesn't stop there. As we journey through time, we'll explore the paradox of beer. In the eyes of ancient Greeks and Rome who held wine on the pedestal while dismissing beer as a barbarian drink. From feasts fit for pharaohs to monastic cells brimming with bubbling brews, join us as we raise our glasses to the enduring spirit of beer. So whether you're savoring a pint at your local tavern or home-brewing your own concoction, Remember that every step connects you to a legacy as old as civilization itself. Cheers to history in a glass. Welcome everyone to a new episode of A Conversation Before the World Ends. I'm your host, Kareem. And today will be the first time I'll be doing this solo. Aim's busy with a work presentation, so we didn't have time to record. And truthfully, I was debating whether to do the episode on Gobekli Tepe uh, today to whether to wait till he's done so we could do it. But to be honest, uh, looking through it, it's actually a very intriguing topic and it would be nice to have someone to uh, converse <laughs> the theories on who built this ancient monument that changed history or the way that we perceive history. With that said, I decided that to tackle a topic that I had the notes for, which was supposed to be the light episode after the Iraq episode, but I was so compelled by the Cleopatra one that I kind of wanted to push that before it and hence the jokes on how the light episode was the Cleopatra episode. In actuality, this is supposed to be the light episode. It will be like a fun one about like beer in antiquity. I wanted to talk about like how beer is considered the oldest beverage in the world. Don't quote me. I don't know. It could be some weird ass orange juice, but I think beer is the oldest brewed drink in the world. Yeah, so it would be fun. So let's begin and let's see how this episode will turn out solo. So part one, the term beer as we know it finds its linguistic roots in the Latin word bibri, which means to drink. It also means the same in German, signifying that this was an act of drinking. These linguistic connections provide a glimpse into the extensive duration during which humans have been relishing this beverage. However, the history of beer predates the Romans and extends back to thousands of years. Although the Chinese had already been brewing a form of beer, the version that gained the most popularity is usually attributed to the Sumerians of Mesopotamia, likely commenced over 10,000 years ago. Notably, the archaeological sites at Garden Tepe, situated in modern-day Iran, has yielded compelling evidence of beer production since around 3,500 BCE, 
Additionally, discoveries from the Sumerian sites marked as uh, by Sumerics, uh, believed to be remnants of beer containers and residues found in other ancient vessels, suggest an earlier inception. Generally, the approximate date of the first beer brewed or the, the birth of beer is 4000 BCE. Now keep in mind, writing was kind of first discovered at 5000 BCE. Beer is in 4000 BCE, you're talking before the pyramids were built. So beer is more ancient than the Great Pyramids of Egypt. If you think about it. Just think about it. So beer has been around for four millenniums by the time Cleopatra in, was having a war with Rome. That's how ancient it is. The master of beer brewing journeyed to Egypt through trade, where the Egyptians further refined the initial techniques, yielding a lighter, more palatable concoction. That garnered immense popularity. Despite his introduction to the Greeks and Romans, beer never attained the same fervent following as these cultures favored wine and regarded beer to be barbaric uh, libations. Curiously, the Germans, a group often labeled as barbarians by these cultures, elevated the craft of brewing to new heights and ultimately gave birth to what we universally recognize as beer. The origin of beer brewing traces back to ancient Chinese, as we said, which is believed to be around 7,000 BCE. It's called Q or Qi, K-U-I. It was the earliest form of beer. However, the process has now evolved into recognized beer brewing, which began in Mesopotamia, as we said. Technically, the first form or like the proto beer was this was brewed at 7000 BCE and the first modern type of beer was brewed in Iran or as we said Garden Tepe at 3500 to 3100 BCE the thing is some scholars had to contemplate an earlier date of brewing potentially it's seen that there has been speculations that beer has been brewed back in Garden Tepe to 10000 BCE when ag agriculture took root in the region so this would give it around the time of hunters and gatherers uh, while some experts propose that beer discovery was a byproduct of grains intended to for bread making that underwent fermentation and hence you had beer it's not known if it was intentional discovery or an unintentional one. Max Nelson, prominent scholar, points out, and I quote, In various areas from the Neolithic period on, pre-agricultural humans likely sought out fermenting fruits and even collected wild fruits uh, with hope of experiencing intriguing physical effects, such as intoxication, when left exposed to open air. Uh, this hypothesis of intentionally crafting intoxicating drinks, including beer, wine, or similar libations, is supported by historical record, which strongly suggests that one basic needs like sustenance, shelter, and basic laws were attended to, then turned their attention to the creation of various intoxicants. Although beer we recognize today emerged in Europe, specifically in Germany, the initial enjoyment of this brew can be traced back to ancient Mesopotamia, like we said. So let's talk about the beer culture in Mesopotamia. The ancient Mesopotamians held a profound affinity for beer, so much that it was an integral part of their daily diet. Painting, poems, and myths from that era vividly depict both humans and deities saving this beverage, often consumed through a straw that served to filter out bits of bread or herbs that might have been present in the beer. This beer had a consistency akin to modern-day porridge. Intriguingly, the Sumerians or the Babylonians are believed to have invented the straw specifically for the purpose of enjoying the brew, so they won't get chunks of bread. An iconic uh, example of beer significance is found in the legendary poem Inanna and the God of Wisdom. This narrative portrays the deities Inanna and Enki, if you've watched Ancient Aliens, I'm pretty sure those names are pretty common, uh, share a connival moment over beer. The tale takes a humorous tw twist as Enki, the God of Wisdom, becomes so inebriated that he inadvertently conveys the sacred meh, laws of civilization to Inanna, symbolizing the transfer of power from Irudu to Yorok, and hence why Yorok was the birth of civilization. Another notable work, the, the Sumerian poem, 
Hem to Ninkasi serves both as a hem praising the goddess of beer, Ninkasi, and as a practical beer making recipe, believed to have been inscribed around 1800 BCE. The influential Sumerian and um, Babylonian epic, the one that we all know, the Epic of Gilgamesh, also shines light on the role of beer in culture. In this tale, the hero, Enkidu, is initiated into civilization by, the, by a temple harlot uh, who imparts v- uh, various teachings, in- including the art of beer consumption. Late in the story, the barmaid, Siduri, advises Gilgamesh to relish the simple pleasures of life's offers, among them the enjoyment of beer, suggesting a deep cultural connection between the beverage and the pursuit of happiness. The Sumerians boasted a rich vocabulary to describe their beloved beer, ranging from words such as Sikaru to Dida and even to Ibir, which reference to a beer mug. To them, beer was more than just a mere beverage. It was a divine offering bestowed by the gods to en- enhance human happiness and well-being. The pioneering craft of brewing was entrusted to the hands of women, especially priestesses of Ninkasi, uh, within domestic realm. Women routinely engaged in brewing beer as an integral part of their culinary duties, often aligning beer production with the practice of baking. The process also involved, uh, involved using bepar, uh, twice-baked barley bread as foundation, which was, subject, which was then subjected to fermentation. An intriguing artifact, the Alulu beer recipe, dated back to 2050 BCE and originating from the city of Yor, uh, provides a glimpse into the commercial, commercialization of beer production during that era. The tablet acknowledges the recipe of the best beer, in quotations, amounting to five Silas from the brewer Alulu. In the context of ancient measurements, five silas equates to about four and a half liters of beer. So with the, within the ascendancy of Babylonian rule, the landscape of beer production underwent significant transformations. The output of Mesopotamian breweries surged, taking on a more commercialized form. Laws governing the, the industries were instituted as evidenced by paragraphs of the Code of Hammurabi. Here are the codes. One, code 108. Should a tavern keeper fail to accept grain as payment for a drink accordance within its gross weight, instead opting for currency, the price of the drink falls below that of the grain. She shall face conviction and be cast into water. Rule 109. If conspirators convene with the premises of, of a tavern's keeper establishment, then the conspirators evade capture and prosecution. The tavern keeper shall, shall be subject to execution. Rule 110. Should the sister of a god establish a tavern or partake in the consumption of alcohol within a pre-existing tavern, she shall, be, she shall suffer death by burning. So by looking at these laws, we see that, for example, Law 108 addressed tavern keepers who, for monetary gain. Dispense short measures of beer rather than accepting grain. For their deception, they would face a drowning if caught. It was customary to exchange beer through barter and not through currency. So a daily beer ration was allotted for, to all citizens based on their social status. Uh, the second law pertains to a tavern keeper inadvertently encouraging sedition by permitting dissidents to assemble within their establishment. The third law concerns women dedicated to or serving as priestesses to specific deities who venture into the realm of common taverns or embedded in establishing drinking houses. Babylonians did not frown upon priestess partaking in beer. They took issues with their actions, emulating those of ordinary women. You could not, in Babylonian times, if you're a priestess, you cannot go out to the bar like any normal person. You were supposed to have a certain social status that you had to maintain, a certain aura that you can't break. So you can't just go out and have a pint and come back. The Babylonians introduced a, a diverse array of t- beer types, categorizing them into 20 distinct classes, each defined by its unique attributes. 
This plethora of brews eventually found their way into foreign trade, especially in ancient Egypt where beer gained considerable popularity. Part 3, Beer in Ancient Egypt. In the realm of ancient Egypt, the goddess Tenet... Oh no, where's aim? <laughs> uh, combination with a word, Tenet. Associated with Meshchnet, the protector of birthing, houses and the, go- and the goddess of childbirth, held dominion over beer. Her name derived from the name Tenemu, one of the Egyptians' designations for beer. Uh, a favorite brew in Egypt was called the Hekat, yeah. Distinguished by its honey-infused flavor, while the overreaching term for beer was yet, was yetom. Notably, uh, notably, laborers of Nagiza Plateau were entitled to beer rations three times a day. And the beer frequently served as compensation for toil across Egyptian landscape. There's a famous, there's a famous, like it's com- kind of common knowledge now that Egyptians were paid. So farmers work in Egypt were very seasonal. So, for example, most people were farmers. So you can't be farmer all throughout the whole year because there's some seasons where it's just too winter or when the Nile floods, you can't do much. So they would usually pick up seasonal jobs. Uh, for example, the pyramids was a seasonal job. So laborers who used to be farmers would go labor as pyramid workers until the season would go, go back and forth. So it was customary that they would be paid in food, in bread and beer. And there's a famous story about the world's first ever protest that the Egyptian workers protested because they weren't getting their rations of beer and they actually had a strike. It goes to show you that strikes do work. Yeah, so the conviction that brewing was a gift from the supreme deity Osiris himself was deeply rooted in, in Egyptian mindset. This perspective mirrored that of Mesopotamians. Early on, women occupied the role of primary brewers like Mesopotamia and conducted their craft within the confines of their home. In parallel with Mesopotamia, the initial beer shared was thick and it was almost porridge-like uh, and the production methodology remains similar. Uh, subsequently, the mantle of brewing pa- was passed on to men. A vivid t- uh, tableau discovered at the tomb of Mekter, the prime minister to the pharaoh Menotep II from 2050 to 2000 BCE, depicted the, an ancient brewery in operation. The Metropolitan Museum of the Arts has a diorama stating that the overseer with the baton sits inside the, the door. In the brewery, two women grind flour, which another man works into dough. After that, a second man treats the dough into a mash in a tall vat, and it's put in a tall crocks of ferment. To ferment, sorry. After fermentation, it's poured into the round drugs with black clay stoppers. Uh, the myth of the birth of the goddess of Hathor primarily featured beer <laughs> within the ancient Egyptian culture. This narrative, an integral part of the text found in the book of the heavenly cow, uh, predating the blood tale in Genesis, recounts how the deity Ra dispatched Hathor to wreak havoc on humanity for their rebellion. This led to Hathor's transformation into a bloodthirsty goddess Sekhmet, and Sekhmet's frenzy escalated with her devastation of towns. Ra devised the strategy. Uh, he drenched uh, Deendra with a vast quantity of beer, dyed red, uh, resembling blood. Sekhmet, mistaking the beer for blood, uh, paused her rampage to partake in the liquid, thereby inebriating herself. She eventually slumbered only to awaken as the benevolent Hathor, and that's how she was born. Associated with gratitude, music, sky, and the laughter. Inscriptions uncovered at Hathor's cult center in Dendra, 2200 BCE, underscored the connection between, gra- between gratitude, Hathor, and beer. It said, the inscriptions, and I quote, The mouth of a perfectly contented man is filled with beer. The prevalence of beer in Egyptian life was such that even Queen Cleopatra incurred the public disdain for implementing the tax on beer, making the, f- the first instance of such taxation. 
This decision eclipsed her conflicts with Rome, which beer tax aimed to fund. The tax view was viewed as unjust to, due to the medical application of beer. With 100 remedies, there's 100 Egyptian remedies that employ beer in it. That's how the sacred beer was to the medicine of ancient Egyptians. So this weighed heavily on the populace. Part 4. Beer in Ancient Greece and Rome Part 4. Beer in Ancient Greece and Rome The journey of beer brewing from Egypt to Greece, marked by the Greek word zethos, derived from the Egyptian words Zetom encountered a less receptive environment. In Greece, as well as subsequent Rome culture, beer struggled to gain favor. It was like Hulk Hogan in the early 90s. It wasn't clicking with the crowd, facing the overwhelming preference of robust wines. Both societies relegated beer to such plebeian drink associated with those deemed barbaric. So beer became a working class drink. It's interesting because now beer is considered a working class drink in the West. Xenophon, Greek general and writer in the book 4 of his Anabasis, provides an account, and I quote, stores within, within of wheat and barley and vegetables, and wine made, made from barley in great bowls. Grains of barley malt lay floating in the beverage up to the lip of the vessel. The reeds lay in them, some longer, some shorter, without joints. When you were thirsty, you must take one of these into your mouth and suck. The beverages without admixtures of water was very strong and of delicious flavor to certain palates, but the taste must be acquired. Evidently, sentiment, his sentiments mirrored those of fellow Greeks. Renowned playwrights like Sophocles also approached beer with a degree of skepticism and endorsed moderation in its consumption. Tacticus, a Roman historian, I think we mentioned him in the Cleopatra episode, if you remember, describes the Germans Remarked, okay, the tet- uh, to drink, the tetans have a horrible brew fermented from barley or wheat, a brew which has only far removed similarity to wine. Emperor Julian composed a poem that exalted the aroma of wine as nectar and likened the sense of beer to that of a goat. However, evidence suggests that Romans were engaged in beer brewing at an early juncture. The tomb of a beer brewer and merchant known as uh, Servius in ancient city of um, Treviers or Trier stands as a testament of this fact. Archaeological excavations at Castra Regina, a, mil- a Roman military encampment on the Danube, unveiled significant beer brewing operations shortly after its establishment at 179 CEE by Marcus Aurelius. Despite their reputation being overshadowed by wine in the eyes of Romans and Greeks, the development of, of beer brewing did persist. The elite's notion that beer was a beverage suited only for the uncultured and was characteristic of barbarians did not time in its growth. Hey Watson, come, you want to talk about beer? Beer brewing advanced across Europe, gaining momentum notably in Germany and engaged as a formidable tradition despite the prevailing preference of wine. So part five, beer in Northern Europe. Dating back to the 800 BCE, the Germans had already engaged in beer brewing, referred to as all, meaning ale. This early tradition is attested by the abundance of beer jugs discovered at the tomb near Kombach in the village of Kassendorf in northern Bavaria, still contained remnants of the beverage. The continuity of this practice into the Christian era is confirmed through archaeological findings and written records, as seen in Mesopotamia and Egypt. Women held the mantle of brewing, with a hosphoro crafting her beer at home to complement daily meals. With time, the craft transitioned to Christian monks, particularly becoming an integral facet of the monastic life. There's an example in the city of... Hmm, okay, I'm going to have YouTube... Insert you insert automated name here. Kulmbach Mönchshof Kloster. A monastery established in 1349 in Kulmbach, which continues to produce its renowned Schwartz beer. 
uh, among other Brews to this day. In 1516, Germany instituted a purity law, regulating the permissible beer ingredients to water, barley, hops, and eventually yeast, and thereby carrying forward a practice of beer legalization initiated by the Babylonians under Harambi three millennia ago. Germans also instituted a daily beer ration regarding beer as an essential dietary staple. From the realms of the Celtic, spanning from Germany to Britain, uh, through the first brewing countries remains debated. Uh, the art of beer brewing spread, adhering to the foundation of principles first set by the Sumerians. Female brewers con- are, were known to be con- uh, concocting beer in domestic setting. The utilization of fresh heated water and fermented grain. The famous saga, Kailwala, originating from the ancient tales but transcribed in the 17th century and consolidated later, pays an elaborate tribute to beer creation. Interestingly, it dedicates more verses to beer inception than that to the creation of the world. I guess beer is more important than how the world was created. In the saga Osmata, a female brewer strives to craft a splendid beer for a wedding feast. With the assistance of a bee, she discovers the use of hops in brewing. The poem lauds the effects of beer recognizable to present days. And I quote, Great indeed the reputation of an ancient beer of Keolu. Said to make the feeble hardy, famed to dry the tears of women, famed to cheer the brokenhearted, make the aged young and supply, make the timid brave and mighty, make the brave men even braver. Fill the, fill the heart with joy and gladness, fill the mind with wisdom sayings, fill the tongue with ancient legends, only make the fools more foolish. Echoing the ancient Sumerians, the famous saga portrays beer as a divine elixir, imparting health, serenity, and joy to the drinker. Poet A.E. Houseman captures this notion when he wrote, Malt does more than Milton can to justify God's, God's ways to man. A nod to John Milton's Paradise Lost. From ancient Sumer to contemporary era, Houseman's sentiment holds true for those who have savored this nectar of the gods. Okay, guys, and this is, uh, this is the end of the episode. Now, usually we usually have a conclusion, or usually I'd ask Eamon, um, so Eamon, what do you think the impact of beer was today? <laughs> but he's not here so i'm gonna have to kind of improvise it beer still holds a holds its place in society today i i think um it's still a big part of socializing to share a pint with someone is a very social communal thing so it's very interesting to see how it started how it's again like we said ten thousand years old uh, making it one of the first beverages ever firm, like ever made, um, starting off from fruits and berries to when we started agriculture. It's interesting how also beer was kind of linked to divinity. I think that's a very inter- interesting takeaway. You always see it in history how, or they take shrooms or whatever, and there's always like this connection to the divine. It's this is divine's. Uh, this is one of God's elixirs for humans. Alcohol also, I guess that's the way of understanding why does this make me feel out of body, you know, like out of out of mind type of experience. But yeah, but with that said, um, I hope it was a fun one. I hope it was something light, something you can listen to. It's not going to be a long one. Hopefully, it, like we get it under the 30 minute mark. Um, with that said, again, drink responsibly. Um, don't drink and drive. I guess I have to say that. Other than that, Next week, we'll be going to Turkey. We'll be going back to, I guess you could say, 8000 BCE. And we'll be looking at the world's first ever temple. So till then, have a good night. Enjoy, guys. And I'll see you when I see you. Take care. And since I ate all that food, I drank a beer. 
I drank another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Five beers. Six beers. Seven beers. Eight beers. Nine beers. And a bloody man. <laughs>